As we continue our series in the book of Mark, our scripture reading is found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verses 45 through 56. Mark, chapter 6, beginning in verse 45 to the end of the chapter. Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them, and about the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea he meant to pass by them but when they saw him walking on the sea they thought it was a ghost and cried out for they all saw him and were terrified but immediately he spoke to them and said take heart it is I do not be afraid and he got into the boat with them and the wind ceased And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves. But their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret and moored to the shore. But when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came in villages, city, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. May the Lord bless the reading of his unfailing and true word. Let's pray. Father, in your mercy, in your kindness, for the sake of your holy name. Open our eyes to recognize you, not to miss you and your son in the midst of the chaos of this world, in the midst of the struggles that we face, Show us more of yourself. Teach us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, just previously to this, in Mark chapter 6, verses 30 to 44, Jesus has fed the 5,000. And Mark transitions in verse 45 with the word immediately. He links uh, this account closely in time, right after this has happened. He does this to, to show us how closely what has just happened is linked with what is 
to come after. And again, we'll come to this in verse 52, but there is another link between what had just happened and what is happening in our text this morning. The disciples hadn't understood what was going on when Jesus fed the 5,000. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But first, I want to draw out a principle here. The text that we just read begins, we have the disciples going out on their own. They're sent by Jesus. And very quickly, their boat ride becomes very difficult. The disciples are rowing. They're straining against the wind. In many ways, even if you've never been on a stormy sea, you can kind of relate to that. They're working as hard as they can and going nowhere. And then Jesus comes. Here's the principle. Just put it up front for us. When you feel alone, when God feels distant, when everything seems against you, when you're straining hard, when the going gets tough, you need to see Jesus. Christ, who He is in all His glory as He reveals Himself to His disciples. He is the one who can help you and I. And it's possible to miss Jesus as we work hard at doing His bidding. It's possible to think that we know Him and yet have no rest or joy or peace in our lives. You may feel that way this morning as though you lack stability and hope and direction. There is rest and hope when we see the glory of Christ. If that sounds a little bit crazy, a little bit pie in the sky, unreal to your life today, just invite you to join me as we look at what God's Word has to teach us. I'm going to read verses 45 to 47 again. Immediately, He made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea and he was alone on the land. So we have this, this imagery here. Jesus has sent out the disciples. They're on the sea. He is on the land. Jesus spends time in fellowship with the Father in prayer. 
In verse 45 or 48, Jesus saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them. Can you picture the scene? Jesus is looking out and the disciples are struggling. They're straining at the oars. It's no longer time to have the sails out. The sail is of no use when you have to sail against the wind. So they had out the oars. And they're trying to keep their heading with the wind against them. This was painful, hard work. They were giving their all. They were making their way pretty slowly. They weren't weren't making much progress. Does that feel like your life sometimes? Some days serving the Lord feels like straining at the oars. And we're trying to follow the Lord's directions to maybe getting tired. Some days life itself can feel like a losing battle, like rowing against the wind. But we're not left with the struggle here. It's acknowledged. We're brought to the Savior. I want you to consider these words from verse 48. He saw. Jesus saw the disciples in as they strained at the oar. That means he noticed. He looked up from his praying to search the horizon to see how his friends were doing. He saw them. He knew what was going on in their lives at that very moment. This is how the scriptures speak of the Lord today. That he knows. That he sees. Secondly, he came. He did not just see the struggle, but he came and entered into it. And no distance or difficulty would keep him from coming. Didn't matter what time of the day it was. It was the fourth watch of the night, meaning that it was just about dawn in that 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. time. Still quite dark out. But Jesus came. And he came, we're told, walking on the sea. And that wording is pretty clear. People have tried to say a bunch of different things. Well, he was 
walking beside it, or he was maybe waiting in it, or there was a sandbar, or something like that. That's not what the gospel writer intended to communicate. He said that he walked on the sea. This wasn't a cheap conjurer's trick. It was a real display of power, the kind of power that is attributed only to the Lord God. For the untamable sea that in ancient cultures was attributed with chaos. could not be ruled by any man. The Word of God declares, God alone, Job 9.8, stretched out the heavens and trampled the waves of the sea. And the psalmist writes in Psalm 93, verse 3, Mightier than the waves of the sea, is the Lord on high. The Lord on high is mighty. And again the Lord says in Isaiah 51 verse 15, I am the Lord your God who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. People will see what they want to see or ignore what they don't want to see. But the scriptures establish that God alone rules the oceans, the rivers. And Jesus walks on the sea. He has power over the wind and the waves. Who is Jesus then? He's the one true God, the maker of that lake in Galilee. Is that the Jesus that you put your hope in? I don't think people understand how important, how serious this is. This is the only Jesus who can help you. This is the Jesus that is presented to us in the Word of God by His own acts and by His own Word. He declares that He is the Maker of the seas. Now there's more in verse 48. We're told that as Jesus came toward the disciples walking on the sea, he intended to pass them by. And you might well pause and wonder then, what is going on? Has God come all that way? He saw them. He's coming toward them. He's displaying his awesome power over creation. 
only to go past the disciples. Several possibilities have been suggested by godly men over the years who have studied the Scriptures. It could be that the disciples just thought he was going to pass them by. But honestly, that's not really what the text tells us. You have to read that idea in because it says that he intended or he meant to pass them by. I don't really think that that view is is adequate here. It could be also that he really intended to pass them by and he had a purpose in doing it. That perhaps he intended to test them. To uh, see if they would call out for help. See if they could handle it on their own. Could be. But again, I do think there's a better answer. The best answer is always found in the Scriptures. I would like to take you to the Old Testament to consider these words. And he intended to pass them by. If you recall last week, we talked about the feeding of the 5,000 and, and I said that Jesus is showing us he's the God of Israel. As he provides food for the masses in the wilderness, he does so in the same way that the Lord God provided food for Israel in the wilderness. And in the days of Exodus, of the Exodus from Egypt and throughout the Old Testament, God revealed himself in what theologians refer to as a theophany or a visible manifestation of the invisible God. The burning bush is one example of the theophany where God reveals himself to Moses by means of the burning bush. Another is the pillar of cloud and fire that went before and behind Israel, as God brought them out of Egypt. These were both visible ways in which God, who is invisible spirit, revealed himself to mankind. There's another place in Exodus where God passes by someone. As he reveals himself. When Moses asked the Lord on Mount Sinai, please show me your glory. God says in Exodus 33 verse 19, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he goes on to do that. The Lord passes by Moses and reveals himself in all of his glory. Also, in the book of 1 Kings chapter 19, the Lord reveals himself to Elijah. 
Elijah was a broken man. He had no strength left. The angel had sustained him on his journey in the wilderness. And the Lord says to Elijah in 1 Kings 19 verse 11, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And then we are told, Behold, the Lord passed by. When the Lord passed by on these two occasions, at least in the Old Testament, it is a theophany, a visible revelation of the invisible God to his people. Here in Mark's Gospel, Jesus reveals himself as the one true God. He is, as as John's Gospel tells us, the Word who is with God and who is God. By him all things were created, and without him was nothing made that has been made. This is the revelation to us. Of God the Father, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the one true God. And He is the God who passes by His people and reveals His glory to them. Now, this is not the first or the last time that God will show His glory. But that is not quite what the disciples see. We're going to read verses 49 through 52. When they saw Him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw Him and were terrified. But immediately He spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. The disciples were scared when they saw Jesus. Instead of seeing God, they saw a ghost. A demon in the night. And in answer to their fear, the Lord tells them who He is. He says, it is I. And those two simple words in the Greek, they are the normal way of saying, it's me. They're also the same Greek words used to translate God's famous words to Moses as he revealed himself in the burning bush. And he said, I am. Now I can't prove to you that Jesus meant to recall to mind those words. But I do believe 
that is what he is doing. Either way, he is pointing them to himself. To take courage, to take heart in him and not to be afraid. Because he was present with them. It wasn't a demon or a ghost. It was the Lord himself. When we are afraid, this is the answer that the Lord gives to us. I am. Don't fear, for I am with you. He said to the prophet Isaiah, whether you go through the waters, the flood, or the fire, fear not, for I have redeemed you. Isaiah 5, uh, 43. When the wind stops as Jesus gets out, uh, gets into the boat, the disciples finally clue in, okay, it is Jesus. Now Matthew's gospel lets us know that, okay, Peter walked out on the water and then he fell and Jesus helped him up. But here we're just told he gets in the boat and the disciples are mind blown. They are in awe at this man that they, they thought they knew. They're in awe as Mark tells us in verse 52, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. They had seen a miracle earlier that night. As Jesus provided miraculously for thousands, but they had missed who Jesus was as he did so. After all that they saw of the presence and care of God, after seeing the full glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, they still don't fully grasp that Jesus is the same God. The Lord who fed the children of Israel in the wilderness and provided food for the sons of the prophets in Elisha's day. They didn't recognize Him then. So they did not expect to see him come walking on the waves. It wasn't a part of their picture of Jesus at that point. Well, God is gracious. He continues to reveal himself to them. But it is possible for you and I, like the disciples, to know of Jesus and not to believe to know of Jesus and to miss Him as He passes by. In the pages of the Scripture and in the moments of our lives, it's possible to read about Jesus and hear a message about Jesus walking on the waves, caring for us, providing for us, and go, yeah, that's right, I believe it. And then get out in the boat 
and start straining at the oars in our lives without, without any real thought of Jesus. But there is good news here. It wasn't because the disciples had great faith that Jesus came to them. We know it wasn't because they didn't even recognize him. Not until he graciously revealed himself to them. And it isn't because they got it this time. Because we're going to read as we continue in Mark's gospel that they don't get other things about Jesus. They, they don't understand it. It's not because they got it that time or because they had awesome faith. It's because of the grace of God. Because of the love of God, He moves toward us and reveals Himself to us that we might respond to Him and we might respond either in, in faith and trust and acknowledging as the disciples did in that moment, uh, wow, this is the Son of God. Or in doubt and disbelief. Refusing to accept what he has revealed about himself to us. It's his grace and his kindness to us that he reveals himself to us. That he is able to give us a new heart. As the disciples also needed. They had a hard heart. It's the grace of God that he would work in us and change us. And he will. If you ask him to. And thankfully, so often he will, even when we won't. There's real rest in Jesus. He reveals himself to us in his grace. Calls us to respond to him. To trust in him. In his grace. Well, we better read the end of the chapter. We better finish the story beginning in verse uh, 53 to the end of the chapter. When they crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him. They might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Jesus' glory, the glory of the invisible God, is on display across the lake. As he teaches and heals people. 
And I think we're meant to see a bit of a contrast here between the hardened hearts of the disciples who didn't recognize, though they, they ought to have, they had seen the work of God again and again. And the people on the other side who recognized Jesus said they run to him. They bring their sick. Do we bring ourselves, we bring others to Jesus Christ to not just be healed, but to see and to know him, have a relationship with this God who has revealed himself to us? Or do we just kind of shrug our shoulders at all that we know and have heard of Jesus? Is it a Sunday thing that we forget about the rest of the week? There's a simple takeaway here. You will only find rest and peace and joy in your life when you see the glory of Christ, when you believe in Him, you trust in Him as He reveals Himself as He is. The one true God. The Maker of the heavens and the earth. A God who sees. A God who comes near. If you're busy working hard, rowing along, but don't know and trust Jesus, you will lose hope. Maybe you find yourself in that place, struggling to trust the Lord. God has given us the revelation of Himself in Jesus Christ to know Him, to trust in His Son, to trust that Jesus is the one true God and take heart to not be afraid as Jesus encouraged and exhorted His disciples. When the going gets tough, we need to see Jesus in all his glory. He has revealed himself to us. Let's take heart, take courage in that today.